While much of humanity was still wielding stone tools and sleeping in caves, the dawn of human civilization arose on the now-lost Thurian continent, in the form of the kingdoms of Camoria, Grondor, Camellia, Thule, and Volusia. If this sounds familiar, it should. This is a point where Marvel history crosses over with Robert E. Howard's Conan and Cole stories. In the late 70s and 80s, Marvel's had the license to the characters and elected to both adapt many classic stories as well as weave elements into the history of the Marvel Universe. Let's also note here that Robert E. Howard himself exists within the Marvel Universe, writing about both Cole and Conan, but by the modern era, history had lost track of both figures and they were believed to be fictional. Meanwhile, Adelan was known as the Island of the Gods, home to the Inhumans, advanced both socially and in their technology. They established a genocracy, ruled by those with superior genetics. And, of course, the remnants of set serpent men still survived, moving in secret, plotting to infiltrate human civilizations, seeking to advance the will of their elder god. But their days were numbered. Cole was an Atlantean orphan adopted into a tribe, but exiled for shortening the execution of one of his tribeswomen when she was sentenced to be burned alive for the crime of marrying a Lemurian. He left Atlantis for the mainland, but was enslaved by pirates for two years before escaping to Volusia. Here, he spent time as a mercenary and outlaw before being imprisoned and pressed into service as a gladiator. Winning his freedom, Cole took a commission in the military, quickly rising to command the Black Legion, the king's personal regiment. In this position, he was drawn into an assassination plot and managed to defeat his monarch in a duel, seizing the crown of Volusia for himself. As king, Cole reigned for many years, performing many great deeds, including defeating the old evil sorcerer Thulsa Doom and nearly exterminating set serpent men. Until antiquity, his reign was remembered as a golden age for the pre-cataclysmic world. This is the first chronological point where we could be covering an entire comic run issue by issue instead of by constructing Marvel history from bits and pieces of backup story and flashback. If there's enough demand, I'll go back and review the entire Cole the Conqueror run in a future video. After King Colth killed Thulsa Doom, his followers found the Darkhold, parchments left behind by the elder god Cathan when he fled Atuma's wrath long before the dawn of man. The Darkholders sought to use it to bring their foes back from the dead to serve them, and experimented first on one of their own, a dying sorcerer named Varney. Three days after being sacrificed, he rose from the dead as the first vampire. Though the Darkholders sought to use these new creatures to get revenge on Cole and their enemies, the vampires proved too powerful for them to control, and many were drained. The vampires then departed Atlantis to the east, to Eurasia, where they have spread ever since, Varney keeping the title of Lord of the Vampires for millennia. The surviving Darkholders, for their part, also passed to Eurasia, taking the cursed Darkhold with them, and through the ages it has passed through many hands. As it was more than mere pages, but a connection to Cathan itself, over the years its very language would change to remain accessible to the scholars of those into whose hands it passed. After Cole's death, Atlantis continued to grow and prosper, eventually becoming a mighty empire. One group of Atlantean colonists sailed to Antarctica, and there they discovered the Savage Land, a preserved cut created by the alien Nuwali long ago, still hosting its prehistoric fauna. They christened this land Pangaea and mastered and improved upon the environmental technology the aliens had left behind. They exported many of the exotic beasts there back to Atlantis, and Pangaea became a popular tourist spot for the empire. To run their parks, the Pangaean scientists genetically uplifted animals to create new servitor races. These animal people revolted and were relocated to a small corner of Pangaea while the Atlanteans built machines to do the work instead. The animal people rebelled again and overthrew their masters, demanding equal status, and the Pangaeans relented, extending the Savage Land's climate controls and allowing the animal people to resettle as they saw fit. 
one of the first non-god, non-eternal immortals with a deviant crow, born with the ability to reshape himself and virtually invulnerable. He fell in love with the eternal Azura, but their relationship ended badly and the two parted, Azura never knowing Crow's powers, assuming that he eventually died of old age. Crow kept his powers secret from his fellow deviants as well, fearing that they would experiment upon him if they knew their extent. Over the ages, he would change his name and appearance many times. Beyond the border of Atlantis, the deviants from Lower Maria had conquered the human world, keeping the other races as slaves and soldiers. They continually tried to take Atlantis as well, but were repelled, at great cost, every time. Additionally, facing internal civil unrest, the major Atlantean cities constructed great protective domes with fortified bases to protect themselves. The Lemurian alchemist Atra, meanwhile, assisted by the last of the Serpent Men, created the Serpent Crown, a mystic artifact linked to Seth's consciousness. So empowered, Atra began making plans of world conquests, as would its future wearers down the timeline. Earth was changed forever when the Celestials returned, the second host coming to look in on their experiments, the Deviants and the Eternals. The former had come to worship the Celestials as space gods, hating them at the same time for making them genetically unstable and monstrous. Emperor Frog, leader of Lemuria, gave his people the order to attack the second host, only to be challenged by his chief alchemist, Atra, under the influence of Set Serpent Crown. While deviant technology was unable to meaningfully harm the Celestials, they deemed the direction it had taken to be inconvenient to the process of their experimentation, and destroyed Lemuria with a nuclear explosion which helped collapse the Atlantean continent. Atra and Frog were killed instantly, and both At Atlantis and Lemuria sank into the ocean, killing almost everyone who lived on either continent. The entire face of the world was reshamed by this cataclysm, something that many future religions would remember as a great flood. The Atlantean city of Netheria sank with its dome intact, and its scientists managed to figure out a way to recycle their oxygen in the huge underseen cavern where it came to rest. Surviving deviants escaped Lemuria by fleeing the surface to underground settlements, founding a new underground empire of Subterranea under the floor of the Pacific. Their resentment towards the Celestials blossomed into an overwhelming cultural hatred, and the priesthood gained power over the monarchy. With the human slaves killed, the scientists devoted themselves to genetics to create a race more suited to underground life, making tremendous advancements in genetic engineering while exterminating those that they saw as being genetically unstable. Pangaea sank below sea level amidst earthquakes that killed three-quarters of its population and reduced the survivors to barbarism, saved only by the high mountains surrounding them. Surviving Atlanteans relocated to northern Europe, reverting to barbarism to survive the harsh climate. In the future, they would become known as the Cimmerarians. Before the Celestials departed, they accused one of their number, Tiamat, of crimes against life itself. They forcefully captured him, extracted his life essence, and imprisoned his body beneath the future Diablo Mountains in what would become California. Tiamat's life essence itself and the weapons used to defeat him were stored in the Eternal's Pyramid of the Winds in the Arctic Circle, and in time, Tiamat would become known only as the Dreaming Celestial. A second minor judgment at this time was that the Deviant Bioweapon, a humanoid disease known as Spore, was enough of a threat to their experiments, humans, Eternals, and Deviants, that it was necessary to destroy it. Unknown to the cosmic beings, however, Spore was not killed, but instead absorbed into the soil, where it would remain conscious and aware of its surroundings to the modern era. Hundreds of years after the fall of their surface empire, the Deviants created a genetically engineered race of cloned humans as slave, the Gortokians. 
physically powerful and able to see into the infrared spectrum. After years of harsh treatment, they revolted, winning their freedom and forming their own society under the Earth. The Deviants created two new slave races from the Gortokian DNA, both servile and nearly mindless while still capable of handling complex machinery. One orange and squat, the other yellow and thin, coming to be known simply as subterraneans. They pressed their new slaves into war against the Gortokians, but were once again defeated despite their superior numbers. The Gortokians captured several key deviant cities, and the subterraneans were left to their own devices, abandoned by their masters. Over the next few thousand years, inbreeding would leave them weaker and less intelligent, the yellow-skinned ones devolving into the Moloids, the orange ones the Tyranoids. For their part, a small cult of Gortokians began worshipping the demon Shasadra, becoming physically transformed into rock-like creatures able to generate extreme heat, the Lava Men. All this time, the Inhumans had lived apart from the other races of man in Adelan, advanced in science and genetics even beyond the Deviants in a society that, like the Deviants, valued genetic suitability above all. Two thousand years after the Cataclysm, their scientist Randak isolated a catalyst for human mutation, the Terrigen, an artificial mineral that had been created by the Kree as part of their long-abandoned Inhumans experiment. While the Supreme Intelligence had ordered most of the Inhumans that Kree scientists had created destroyed, Earth's Inhumans had gotten lost in the bureaucracy, forgotten, and so survived. Randak exposed himself to the mists and emerged with powerful mental abilities. The Inhumans elected him their leader. He began a policy by which all Inhumans, if they so desired, could be subjected to the mists and change their Inhuman genetics activating. An equally forgotten Kree sentry set to watch over the Earth's Inhumans activated itself, contacted them, and then sent a report to its masters.